turn, please, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, for the text verse, and then we'll go in further. The Bible said in verse 19, Write the things which thou hast, what? Seen. And the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Now that's what the book of Revelation has been written for. We know it's the revelation of Jesus Christ in chapter 1 and verse 1. It's not the revelation of John. It's not the revelation of the church. It's not the revelation of the religious system. It's not the revelation of the Baptists. The Baptists may have their little uh, work on it, but I want to tell you, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ to tell us what has been, what is now, and what's going to be. And uh, we can't slice that any better than that, I don't believe, tonight. So taking that, I want us to right now slide over to chapter number 3. I preached on the Laodicean church, which is a lukewarm church. But I want you to go to chapter 3 and verse number 13. The Bible said in chapter 3, verse 13, He that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. There's seven messages to seven different churches in Asia Minor that covered a portion of time in history. And that is today, it's not the was, but it's the is. This is present. We're here tonight, and I'm going to show you where we are. We're somewhere on this earth between verse number uh, 20 and verse number 22 of chapter 3. And the reason I read verse number 13 is to tell you that from Ephesus down through uh, Philadelphia, the Lord gave a message to every one of those churches and pointed out the problems that every one of them had, and all of them had problems, and it was, it, it was kind of like, uh, you know, getting it bigger, like a snowball effect, if you will. They got worse and worse and worse. And the further they got, the worse the church has become. And so the Lord didn't say in like verse 13, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. When he comes to the Laodicean church, he's no longer saying that, but he's showing you where he's at in verse number 20. I used to use this as a salvation sermon. I used to try to win people to the Lord, and I said he's knocking on your heart's door. But I believe tonight what he's doing here in verse number 20, the Bible said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's at the door of the Laodicean church. He's knocking on the door of the last church. It's in the age. And he says, If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now see, he put that verse at the end of his message to the Laodicean church. So where the Lord's at today He's in heaven at the right hand of the Father, sitting there waiting for the Father to look over at him and say, go get your bride. 
And he's on the outside of the Laodicean church, which is the last church age. And this is the last time you're going to find the church in the book of Revelation till you get to chapter 19. And so he's saying to them, I'm here at the door. I'm knocking on the door. I want you to open the door and let me come in. He's not welcome in most churches across America. He's not working in. Now, I'm appreciating tonight. Uh, I, I, I like this studying it, and I think this is going to pick it right up where we were this morning. And so I want to take the, the time uh, to show you the next event on the calendar of God. I want to take you through. I hear people, they'll say, Preacher, uh, what about the Antichrist? You know what I want to say to them? Quit worrying about the Antichrist. You've got bigger worries right now. Than the Antichrist. If you're saved by the grace of God. You shouldn't have no worry whatsoever. About the Antichrist. But you do have a problem. You better make sure right now. That your heart and soul. Is under the blood. Of Jesus Christ. You better make sure right now. That your name is on heaven's roll. You better make sure right now. That you're saved by God's grace. Because it ain't going to make no difference of anything else happening tonight if it's not. Because I'm going to look at the things tonight that you'll see and we'll look at it. Another one comes along and said, oh, what about the battle of Armageddon? Tell me about the battle of Armageddon. I can tell you. But why will you worry about the battle of Armageddon? I'm going to be on the right side of Armageddon. I'm coming back with him not coming back for him to face me. Amen. Now you understand what I'm saying. Now Brother Burl's sitting here. He's been through the book of Revelation many times. He's taught it many times. And I'll guarantee you he knows what I'm talking about tonight. And if he don't, if I, if I say it wrong, I know he's going to catch it. He's not going to catch it from me. He's going to catch what I say. Amen. And so I'm not up here tonight to beat the air. I come for a purpose, and that's to tell you the truth. And I want to say this. We'll see that these three sections of this book is here. God is not concealing anything in the book of Revelation. He's revealing it all. Revelation is a simple book. Somebody said, it ain't simple to me. If you'll let God take a hold of your mind and your heart and your soul... And show you from his blessed word through the Holy Ghost of God. I'll guarantee you, you'll see it's a simple book. Once you study the word of God in the book of Revelation. There will always be some things that you won't be able to pick it up and get it. And uh, there will be things that you'll learn today that you uh, have not learned in all your life. And tomorrow you'll learn something else if you'll just stay with it. But the Bible, the book of Revelation is the only book that said blessed is he that readeth. Hear it? The Bible said in verse 3 of chapter 1, Blessed he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for time is for the time is at hand. God said, I'll, re I'll bless you if you read it, if you hear it, and if you heed it. Give me another book in the Bible he said that on. So I want you to know tonight, that it's in your favor. Somebody said, I don't like to study the book of Revelation. Maybe it's because you're not ready. Maybe it's because your heart's not right. But brother, I love to read it. I love to study it. 
I learn so much when I read the book of Revelation. I learn what's going on in the book of John, what's in the book of Jude, what's in the book of Jeremiah, what's in the book of Isaiah. And it's given me uh, things that I have never seen. I say it's a simple book. I'll show you tonight that he fulfills uh, scriptures. And uh, the scripture being fulfilled in the word of God. Somebody said, I just don't understand it. As the fellow told me this week, uh, he don't... He don't believe it. He don't believe the New Testament. He don't accept Christ as as the Savior. He says talks about God, but he don't know Christ, and he don't accept him as Christ because he can't stand the New Testament. You're 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 finding people everywhere, bro. They don't want all this stuff, but I want you to know there's been enough prophecies fulfilled out of the book of. Uh, a revelation, not only in a revelation, but in my Bible, that lets me know that what I hadn't heard and seen happen yet is going to happen. Amen. God has fulfilled enough promises in my life and enough of His Scriptures He's promised you and me to let me know that the rest of it's going to be took care of. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to give you a panorama view of prophecy tonight. The next thing, the first thing, that you're going to find that's going to happen, that's going to affect the world, that's going to affect the world. Now, I don't know what Washington's going to do to change it. That's the reason I don't worry about nuclear weapons. That's the reason tonight I'm not worried about world war. We may have one. And uh, I'm not into that. I I just keep up with it and try to uh, put it into place. That's the reason I'm not worrying about famine. That's the reason I'm not worrying about starving to death. Amen. I believe there will be some changes in our money. I believe there will be some changes in your food system. I believe there's a lot of things that we're going to face if the Lord uh, sees, uh, wants us to go that way. And the way we've been living as a church, saints, I wouldn't doubt if God don't make us suffer some things that's called persecution. Somebody said, I'm afraid the church is going through tribulation. I heard a fellow this past week say, we're already in tribulation. And I'm saying to myself, why don't you go home and shut up? Telling the bad things. Amen. This church or any other church will never go through tribulation. Amen. You said, you know, you sound so, you sound so positive. It is not. You know why? I've got a positive Bible. I can't help it if you're negative on the scripture. You don't believe it. But I want to tell you, I believe it. I don't know how it's all going to come together. I don't know how God's going to dot the I's, cross the T's. I can't tell you if God's going to use this or that to do certain things. I can't. There's a lot of things I don't have an answer to. But I'll tell you some things I know, and that's what I shout off of. I'm so scared of an antichrist preacher. He's going to be such a bad fella. Why are you going to be scared of him? Are you not saved? If you're saved, you're not going to have to worry about him. Well, let's just look at it. Chapter 4 and verse number 1. 
We've come to the end of chapter 3 and from chapter 4 we're going to talk about the book of Revelation the rest of the night or the rest of the evening. Amen. I could talk about it all night. Amen. But let's look at this. Number one, the first thing that's going to happen on the agenda of God in prophecy is chapter 4. Where is the church at tonight? It's at verse 22, listening still, and I don't know how long it's going to stay there. I don't know how long the church is going to be here. He hasn't told me. Matter of fact, why would you worry about when, he, when he's coming? Because Jesus does not know. God told him he knows, but he don't, has not told Christ. And one day, according to the word of God, he's going to say, it's time for you. Go get your bride. Somebody said, we got to go through tribulation. Let me just give you this to clarify something before I get into this. There's two entities on the earth that God is dealt with and dealing with. And, and uh, he's only dealt with them one at a time. From Genesis on through the rest of the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, God dealt with the Jew. He didn't deal with the church because the church was not organized in the Old Testament. The church did not get on the scene until God empowered it on the day of Pentecost. I believe He birthed it out of His side when forthwith came out blood and water, and that's where the bride come from, like Adam's wife. You understand? And now what's happened? He empowered the church, and the church is sent out into the world to preach and teach, and they're to go win and save the Jew and the Gentile. But God said He put the Jew on the Sideline, he didn't say it exactly like that, but God put them under judgment for a while, or put them under uh, dispersed and so forth. And the church is God's entity, and he'll never take, he'll never do anything with the Jew again until he deals with the church. Right. Now, I want to tell you something. He's, he saves Gentiles and Jews today, but they're not a Jewish nation as he has per se said. He, they are a Jewish nation, but they are not as the Old Testament were. God deals with the Jew and the Gentile in the same manner, by grace through faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And they're the church. But one day when he calls the church out of here, he'll revert back to the Jewish nation and there may be some Gentiles get saved. I believe they will. But I'll tell you tonight, the Jew is what God's going to deal with the rest of the time. Many Jews are going to turn from the Lord. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about two-thirds of the Jews are going to be killed. Did you know that? Simply because they will not accept Christ. But a third of the Jewish nation, and I don't know how many of that is, but a third of the Jewish nation will be spared. Because they will come to Christ. Now that's put me on another subject that I don't want to get involved in tonight. 
But I want to tell you that the first thing on the, on the agenda of God is the rapture of the church and the departure of the saints of God from this earth. Don't go looking for the Antichrist. Don't be looking at the Armageddon. Don't be looking at the millennium. Don't be looking at the judgment. That's not coming yet. The church is in a, you are to gear your ears to listening to a shout and the voice of the archangel. You ought to be looking every day for the Lord to come in the clouds, in the air. Like he said, he went away, I'm coming again. When he comes at the rapture, he's not coming to the earth. Don't let nobody kid you, he's coming in the clouds, in the air. Got scripture after scripture, thought I might read some of it in a minute, but I'm not sure now. I can give you those references and you can go read them. But I want you to look tonight at this and we'll see something. I want us to go to 2 Thessalonians, please. 2 Thessalonians, and I'll give you some other scriptures along with it when we get there. In 2 Thessalonians, one of the favorite chapters I use here quite often, I've preached off of it many times, and I want to show you from those what God is saying. Let me see where I can find it. It looks like it's maybe moved out of my Bible. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Boy, that'd be bad, wouldn't it? But 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Bible said, and the Thessalonians is second coming books. He said, and now in verse number 1, chapter 2, Now I, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's who I want to see. And by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word. And I see so much of that going on today. Nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. The day of Christ is when he comes. The day of the Lord is when judgment comes on the earth. But the day of Christ is when Christ comes for the church. He said in verse number 3, Let no man deceive you by any means. Now here he tells you, For that day, what day? The day of Christ. Shall not come except there come a falling away first. That's apostasy. You remember I said the church at Laodicea is the apostate church. They walked off, throwed away the things of God. There may be some in there that's all right. I mean saved, but not all right. But they're saved and they'll get caught out in the rapture. That's why I don't look for a great big rapture and everybody thinks the world's going to fall apart on. Because I believe today the church don't have as many born again believers as they think they do. I believe a multitude saved. But it's a very good possibility tonight that they could be a bunch of folks out of this building tonight that's not saved and you won't go. That's why I said you've got bigger problems than you think about. Don't worry about the Antichrist. Worry about, call your name. Make sure you're right. Make sure your soul has been washed in the blood. Make sure you've repented of your sin. Make sure you called upon the Lord. Amen. If a rapture took place right now, brother God will sort it all out. I don't know who's saved or not. 
And some of you may get left. It said, for that day shall not come except there come a fallen away first. And that man of sin. Who's the man of sin? I don't know. But it's the Antichrist. That man of sin be revealed. He's not revealed. Fellow talking to me this week and he said he's possibly, he's alive. Yes, sir, it is. But he's not been revealed yet because the Lord has not come. The son of perdition, he called him. There's not one that I know God's ever called the son of perdition and that's Judas Iscariot. He went to his own place and I believe that he'll be uh, Judas Iscariot uh, reincarnated and coming back. And I, well, let's back up and say, I don't like that word reincarnated. I believe he'll be brought back. <laughs> he'll come out of his place. That's a message by itself. Don't get me hung up on that. I want you to hear the message I've got for you to hear tonight. But the son of perdition. Amen. Imagine these people like the Hindus and that crowd that believes in reincarnation. Why, just plain old simple common sense would tell you that ain't so. Amen. There's already so many today. There's more people here on the earth and it's multiplied so much that if everybody's done come back as somebody, where'd they get the extras? Your theology don't work. Amen. God said somebody had to make somebody somewhere. Yep. Amen. I, I'm not. I'm not reincarnated of my father-in-law or uh, uncle or your cousin or Amen. So we'll get off of that. And he said in verse four, Whoso uh, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, that's Antichrist. Or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Who's going to do that? The Antichrist. But just because he's mentioning the church in the middle of here, and the Antichrist too at the same time, does not mean that you're going to have both of them on the earth at the same time. Verse 5 said, well they may be on the earth at the same time, but they won't both be in power. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now we ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed. Look at the next three words. In his time. He didn't say it's going to be revealed then. I don't know how long it's going to be after the rapture of the church that the Antichrist is going to be revealed. I believe it'll be a quick thing, but that's just me. I don't have no Bible telling you. I can tell you the course of it. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And that's the church and the Holy Ghost. And then shall that wicked be revealed. When? When the church is called out. When the Holy Ghost is called out. Because the day that the Holy Ghost is called out. And the day that the saints are called out. Brother I want you to know. Chaos is going to break loose. The devil's going to take charge. The only restraining force we have of it being more wicked and more evil tonight than what we've got is the Holy Spirit of God. 
whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's the Lord. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceitfulness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now watch this, verse 11 and 12. All, and for all this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. Do you know what strong delusion is? It's when you have rejected God so much, you said no to Him sermon after sermon, invitation after invitation, and you have not given your heart to the Lord Jesus. Then He takes the church out and the Holy Ghost is taken out and God will give you strong delusion because you wouldn't believe that they should believe a lie. God said, I'll let you believe a lie. Verse 12 that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What happens tonight if you got if the rapture took place and you're not saved? God will give you strong delusion. He'll give you such delusion that you will not want to call on God. You'll have no desire to call on God. You don't need to go to church because the church has just been called out. And all it is is a, a bag full of a re, a religion. And you may try to get righteous or religious, but that's all you'll be. You'll never be able to be saved. You'll never be able to call on God. You said, well, the Lord, I believe, will just give me one more opportunity. He's telling you right here, He will not give you another opportunity. So what are you going to do if you're left? You're going to have to follow suit with whatever goes on. And you're either going to have to say no but I'll guarantee you what you will say. You'll say yes to the mark of the beast and to the 666. Amen. You said, oh, I won't never take that. Mark it down. You will take that. Or they'll kill you. If they kill you, you go to hell. If you stay here and don't take it, you starve to death. Now, is that plain and simple? See, people don't look at that like that. Oh, everybody's going. We are thinking there's not hardly nothing that's going, that's not going to go to heaven. Everybody. You got family members tonight that'll go to hell if they've reached accountability, age of accountability. Babies and children will be protected. Are you understanding me if they haven't reached the age of accountability? I'm not going to stay, if I stay on this tonight, uh, very much longer. We'll be here all night, and I won't get. You, I want you to get all this. The next thing that's going to happen after the rapture of the church and the saints of God are called out is found, if you will, tonight in Revelation chapter thirteen. Now the timing may be just a little different, and I'm going to come back and show you where we are. And I hope I get that time. Chapter thirteen of the book of Revelation. The next thing that's going to happen. And listen how I say it. After the church has been called out and the Holy Ghost is gone, there's going to be, and I don't know how long that's going to be, there's going to be the rise of the beast and the deceptions of the devil. Amen. The church has been the salt of the earth. It has healing restraints. It has all the kinds of stuff to hold back corruption. 
But in Revelation chapter 13 in verse 1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. The sea is peoples and nations. He's going to come up out of the peoples and the nations. Having seven heads, those seven heads tonight are going to be uh, uh, the... It's going to be wisdom. Heads, that's where your brain is. He's going to be a smart cookie. He's going to know the political avenues, uh, the uh, financial avenues. He's going to be able to answer all the problems of all the world militarily and politically, financially. They'll love Him. He'll answer so many problems or answer so many questions that they will look at him and say we've never had nobody like him and they're going to accept him and exalt him and they're going to listen to him he's got seven heads and he's got ten horns them horns in the word of God represent power a goat or a bullock or whatever has got horns that's power And then the ten crowns, it's on them horns. That represents dominion. He's in rulership. Nobody will defy him. Nobody will put him down. And upon his head's the name of blasphemy. And that is his character. You can see he's on the bad side of God. Amen. And in verse number two, he said, And the beast which I was which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet uh let me get the pages turned were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Says he's got great authority. And he's running an example of the beast. Of the, of the earth. In other words, he's a scary creature. Everybody will fear him. You with me? Alright, that's what's going to happen to you if you get left behind. So there's going to be the rise of the beast. You said, where's he going to rise? Let's go back to chapter 4 of the book of Revelation. We're going to find in, in the book of Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5... This is where the saints of God come into glory. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip some of this tonight because I don't want to stay here and, and get you bogged down. I want you to get this message. We're going to find tonight that the four and twenty elders, which are type of the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints, and they're going to be around about the throne and they're going to be sitting on those little thrones. And they're going to give glory and honor in chapter 5. They're going to sing a song that no man can sing, even the angels. They're going to give glory. They're going to see the Lamb of God that's going to open the seals and loose them thereof. And you find out that the next thing that's going to take place after the church is called out and the rise of the Antichrist, the rise of the beast, is in chapter number 1 of chapter 6. Or, excuse me, verse number 1 of chapter number 6. Now I saw when the Lamb... Open one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, 
and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. This is the white horse. This will be the first half of the three and a half years tribulation when that Antichrist will make a covenant with those Jews and said, we're going to have peace. He don't tell them how long you're going to have peace. He just says, we're going to have peace. And them Jews will trust him so much that they will believe for the first time in their life they've got peace. And that's given simply because he wants to, he wants to deceive them. For the first three and a half years of that seven year period, they're going to have peace with this white horse. And he's going to give it to them. But then in verse number three, it said, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And this second beast, in verse four, And there went out another horse that was red. And power was given to him that set upon or thereon to take what? Peace from the earth. And that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. For the first three and a half years, what they call the tribulation will have started. For three and a half years, he's given them peace. And then... When the, when the red horse rides out, which will be halfway through the tribulation, seven years, the red horse rides out, he don't just have a bow with no arrows like the white horse did. He's got a sword now to take peace from the earth. So he sets out to kill and destroy, which will be the last half of the three and a half years, and it's called great Tribulation. Amen. Like it's never been. Yeah. Now you can take this to the bank. This will work. I'm preaching it to you right. Preaching it to you straight. Amen. You're going to find this period of time is going to last from Revelation chapter number 6 and verse 3 down to chapter 19 and verse number 16. You can jot them down, go home and lay it out and it'll help you when you look at it again. Then the next thing that's going to come out after the great tribulation is found in Revelation chapter 19 and it's called Armageddon. The Armageddon takes place at the end of the last half of the three and a half year, or last half of the tribulation, seven years. It'll happen at the end of the last three and a half years. This is when the Lord comes from heaven. When He comes down out of out of glory on a white horse and us behind him on white horses. He's coming down to feed every single one of them that have rejected him and cussed him and went through all the things. Let me tell you something. You talk about a wicked time. Everybody's blaming God with it. But see that, that Antichrist is going to set up one day when they get to temple and he's going to say, offer me a sacrifice. I'm God. Some of them's going to believe him. Yeah. And the multitude will, and that's where the most will die. But there's going to be some that's going to hide. God's going to hide them. God's going to take care of them. Because be, they'll go out and kill Jews just like they kill Gentiles. Yeah. Those Jews, they got to take the mark or they'll have to die. 
And so God's going to hide him a little crowd that loves him and has chosen him. And they'll stay with him. And he'll bring them down and they'll be the ones that enters in to the next thing and the next phrase, which is the millennium. Known in the Bible as a thousand year reign. And those Jews that God protects and those who are saved, that God's going to put in that reign. They got saved during the tribulation. Amen. Where are we going to be? We're in heaven behind the Lord coming back to the battle of Armageddon. And then we're going to be put in the reign. Amen. And we're going to be kings and priests. We're not going to have a difference. We're not going to be like the Jews. They're going to bear children. We won't. But them Jews are going to plant corn and everything else and they're going to, they're going to till the land for a thousand years and they're going to have children. And then after the millennium, they're loosed. The devil's loosed out of the millennium and uh, he goes out to deceive those children that were born in the millennium. Because God is not a respect to persons. He give you the same opportunity He'll give them to make it right with God and there'll be some that will refuse Him and the devil will go after them and God will destroy them by fire. And then the next thing happens is the final judgment. When the great white throne judgment is given and I preached on a few weeks ago, Death and hell will deliver up the dead. The, the sea and all the land will give up the dead. God will judge them according to deeds, so forth. You understand that tonight? That's found in Revelation chapter 20, verses 10 through 15. Then what's going to happen after that, preacher? This right here. The Bible teaches us that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. In Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. Get to chapter 22 and he talks about a new paradise. You with me? Amen. Now here it is. Quickly, hurriedly, amen. I hope it didn't confuse you. But I hope, I hope you're not going home worrying about when the final judgment is. When the millennium's happening. What about the Armageddon? What about the great tribulation? What about the tribulation? What about the rise of the beast? All you need to worry about tonight is make sure you're ready for the rapture. Amen. Now tomorrow, some of you are going to ask me, you think we're going to see the Antichrist? And I'll get the tape out and say, listen to this again. Amen. You hear me? Don't you let... Out there in the world, people come to you and said, I listened to this fellow on YouTube and he said this. Get rid of that junk. Listen to the Word of God. I don't believe I'm out of line on what I preach tonight. I believe we're right on it. And amen. If I was, if I thought I was out, I'd say something different. If I learned something different, I'll come back and tell you. Amen. But I've been with this same subject, uh, I want to say 53 years, but I can't. Reason is because the first four or five years of my ministry, 
I didn't know everything. It took a while. But for the basic, I've had it all for 53 years. Some of it was in one side of my brain with a question mark on it. You've been there, haven't you, Brother Burl? Still got some question marks. I didn't give you any of them tonight that I know of. Because I don't know about it, and I don't want you to know what I don't know. Because what I don't, what I think I don't know, may not be right, and I'm, I'd be, Amen. Somebody's deceiving, and I don't want to do that. But what I've given you tonight, those are the order. Now, some people said there's seven things going to happen, and I looked at, and I, I added one more. The reason I did that is because I separated the tribulation and the great tribulation. A lot of preachers don't do that. But the first half of the tribulation is going to be peace. It's going to be something stout that I had never seen because those Jews are going to accept that. I got some things and I'm studying on it now and I'm, I'll come back on that. But I pray. I am not no prophetic preacher. I am not. But I sure do like studying my Bible. And I've learned a lot from it for doing it. All right, let's bow our heads. We call this the unfolding of the book of Revelation, if you want to put a title on it tonight. I pray God will help you. Well, let's ask God's guidance. I pray while you're sitting there and I'm praying, if the Lord's spoken to you and you need uh, some other information, I can give you that. I'll try my best to give it to you. And if you're not ready to meet God, if the rapture took place tonight, the altar's open, and we'll deal with you and try to make sure. The only thing is, don't you be bullheaded. Don't get arrogant and don't get the place why he don't know what he's talking about. You've got too much pride to walk down the aisle. Because if that rapture, and by the way, it could happen before we get out of this building. And if it took place before we get out of here or go home, then I want you to know the second thing is going to be the first half of the tribulation, and I don't know how long that's going to take, but it could not be very long. And even if it happened right away, it's only seven years to Armageddon. Or just whatever time God puts a space on the church called out and the Antichrist being revealed. I don't know God's timetable. Do you understand the importance? It may be just about too late right now for some. Because if the Lord tires and don't come for a few more days, years, or whatever, you've got some time, but I'll tell you what will happen. Your heart will just get harder and harder. And it'll be harder and harder for the Spirit of God to deal with you. Now's the time. That's why the Lord says, today is the day of salvation. This is the accepted time right now. Father, we've tried to preach the message the best we know how. And Lord, I pray tonight that you'll take what we've preached here this morning with the church, and then the church moving out tonight, and the Lord coming, and help us to hold that in the front, Lord, not in the back 
mode of our life, but Lord, in the front module of our life, our brain tonight, where we won't forget it and we'll ever be thinking on it. God, I pray you'll trouble hearts and souls if they're not right. I pray, Lord, you'll deal with them when they're sleeping. Wake them up. Lord, we'll give you the praise, the glory. We wouldn't want nobody in this building to be left behind. We wouldn't want nobody in this building to have to go to hell just simply because I didn't say, Lord, forgive me. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. We commit it to you. We plead the blood over their soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.